0: Yes, team, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special human, a fantastic friend, somebody that I've had the pleasure and privilege to know over the last five or six years, and somebody that's been on their own incredible personal journey, done some phenomenal things, which I'm looking forward to taking a deep dive into today, and has also been able to juggle uh, professionally just a whole host of differing projects, uh, businesses, and everything in between, as well as being an incredible dad. So, without further ado, Mr. Scott McDonald. Welcome to the High Performance Coach Podcast. How are you, mate?
1: Thank you, mate. I'm very good. Good. Thank is this you. the
0: first first time at the first time in Braco? Uh I know. I was like, where the hell Costa, are we? Cost, Costa del Braco, <laughs> mate. We've got our own cli- we've got our own climate here. It literally is like our own climate, oh, mate. Man. I know. I like, I genuinely don't even know where we are. Like, <laughs> where is where's We're, Sterling? I thought it was Sterling. Yeah, it mate. I tell people it's Sterling just because yeah. that's that's kind of a the general consensus. That's the general direction that yeah. we uh we, we go in. Anyway. My question to you, and I'm actually really excited for this episode because we've been working together for the last like three or four years or so, mm. and uh, obviously our relationship has developed, but I feel like there's so much I don't know about you that I'm excited to explore and take a deep dive on today so first and foremost, who is Scott Mcdonald
1: um that's a good question, yeah straight in with the tough stuff uh, so I suppose in terms of career wise, I run my own performance coaching business um particularly from a mindset perspective, um, but we also do all the fitness and, and, and different components of that. Um, I'm also a management consultant, so I'm one of the managing directors at SIA Partners, who are a consultancy firm. I've got a property business, as we were just talking about there. Um, married two little girls, they're 10 and about to be nine, um, and a dog, and I love, I probably, I just love doing like kind of mad, shit whether it's mbs <laughs> whether it's jungles whether it's ironmans and but yeah and yeah i think and that's probably where i got a bit I, I got a lot of that from you right like i actually think i got really into all that hard stuff in my 20s and then there's something that happens in your 30s where it's like oh i take the foot off the gas like and i forgot about that and then we got together like i don't know what was that like probably five five yeah. years ago or something yeah. And then you were like, oh no, you, hard shit's good. You can still do it. And I was like, oh shit, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's probably. Mate, you forgot one thing, part-time handyman as well. <laughs> handyman, handyman, mate. Property business, coaching business, managing director, dad to two children, does lots of hard shit, and also likes being a part-time handyman wow. as well on the, uh, on the, on the, the weekends or whenever you can. Mate, what, what, what's driven Scott to do the things that Scott does? I know, I often
1: ask myself this. I think there
0: was probably
1: a bit of, as a youngster, a bit of insecurity. Um, Like, I was probably the guy who was average at most things. Whether that was... I did all right at school, and I quite enjoyed school, but I wasn't ever great at it. And then I wasn't ever great at sport. I wasn't ever... I just never got really good at anything. So I think when I came out of education, went to uni and, and you're like, right now I'm in the big wide world. I was like, right, this is maybe now my chance. And I, I think I got, in some ways I was lucky, like I got into a couple of good gigs at this, quite early on in my career. But equally looking back, I'm like, I made the most of them. And then I started to realise what I was, good at and it became a bit of it's this momentum right Mm -hmm. like was very good at fixing problems but i was probably better at the relationship side of things like you can fix a problem for somebody you can tell them what the problem is right but if you can't get them to actually put the solution into place then it's kind of pointless and i found my niche there uh, particularly in that corporate world where you presume that everybody's got all their shit squared away, right? You'd be talking to a CEO and you're just like, well, you must be a genius who's not scared of tough things and whatever else. But actually, they're all just the same, right? They're all terrified. And I got quite good at that. And I think that started to just push me and push me. And yeah, the more and the less that you... probably the less that I started to fear the failure. The more I was like, actually, when I look forward and look at the big things, yeah. and you were very good at that with me, right? Like, you were always like, yeah, we can do this. Like, and I was like, ah, yeah, but once I don't even know what I was thinking, probably like, oh, well, if I fail, right, that'd be embarrassing. But you were always just like, no, we'll, we'll, no, <laughs> this is what you do, and then you will succeed. You just kind of laid it all out and made it sound like it was just a thing that I had to do. There was just process steps, and then you achieved it. Um, and I think that just kind of learning that you you learn that process over time, right? You just you just figure out what the success thing is. There's a great saying. What's that like? There's a, there's a, uh, there's a science to achievement, mm-hmm. right? And if you want to achieve things, once you figure out how to do some things, it's actually quite easy. You can just kind of replicate it but there's an art to fulfillment, which is, and I found that, like I certainly achieved a lot up until like my mid thirties and then, but wasn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, well, how do I get fulfilled? Like shoot, just somebody show me the process. <laughs> Tell me X, Y, and Z and I'll go and do it. And it's much more opaque. So yeah, I think there was a bit of insecurity there. I think there was a bit of uh, just, I wanted to have money because we didn't have a lot of it we were never poor but we just didn't have a lot of it as kids so you just you want what you what you didn't have kind of thing right i think that's
0: probably where it comes from yeah mate, i love that and what would you say was the kind of aha moment or thing that actually allowed you to realize this is what fulfillment actually now looks like and this is what it feels like for you because obviously what it sounds like is obviously we're driven a lot through like almost like I could, the insufficiency and maybe fear, yeah, yeah. and then you get to a point where almost like you then have this stuff that you thought would then make you feel a certain way, and then you're like, I actually, maybe feel now worse than, yeah. <laughs> than, than what I did before I had the stuff. Totally. And you feel lost. What was that kind of? Can you remember or, or think of a time that you think about the transition of like success, but without fulfillment, to then having fulfillment, and what that felt like?
1: Yeah, I, I. There's a couple of things. One. I went to a Tony Robbins event, and that completely changed my whole... That was the first time I ever realized there was a whole... All the stuff that I was doing in my head for years, like manifesting stuff, like visualization, that all... I don't know why, but I just had always done that. That almost gave me the validation. They were like, so this is how you do it. You you come up with an idea, you create the dream in your head, you figure out what the steps are, you manifest it, and bang, you've done it. That was like this, like a, almost like the cold shower that was like, right, here we go. And then, and then I I don't know I I think, I think what was, I'm a dreamer, right? And I stopped dreaming at some point in my 30s because I, I had the job, I had the lovely wife, I had the lovely kids, I had the house, the cars, I had it all like, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not like sitting in Beverly Hills mansion kind of thing, but everything that I wanted and thought was achievable, I had. And therefore I started to just settle and think, well, this is it. And I stopped thinking there was anything else. And at the same time, it felt like this would be like, say, I don't know, five, seven years ago. at the same time there was a, i don't want to say like a movement of get present be happy with what you've got stay in the moment and mm-hmm. i was trying to do this because i thought that's how i'm going to kind of manage this weird feeling that I've got going on and i was like well you know this is kind of nice but i, I want to dream like i want to have like big ideas and i stopped myself from doing it because i just couldn't see what they were and then i needed to Find people, I think, at that point that was that were still dreamers, right? Because everybody around me and my mates are my my best mates since I've been kids, right? Like we're a lot of the guys are, you know, from nursery, right? And I love that because loyalty is something that's really important to me. But they, ha- they were like, "What well, you like? We've got everything, man. Just chill out." And I was like, "Where's? I need somebody that's gonna tell me that it's okay to dream and it's okay to want more." And, you know, I found the likes of yourself. And then I found the whole personal development kind of like coaching industry that I had no idea existed um, and kind of started to surround myself again with people like that. And I think that really just forced me out of that and made me go, I'm at my best. Like Emma says it to me all the time. She's like, you're at your best when you've got a big, scary goal in you. She's like, and then like after MDS, after Iron Man, after all that kind of thing, she's like, I know for a month you're just gonna be a pest. You're just gonna be a bit like, what? She's like, you're just quite a bit distant. You're just like, uh, uh, like yeah, I'll do what, whatever. She's like, you lose like that focus and that like bang bang. She's like, you just go a bit slow uh, for a month, and then you're like, and then you just get some other stupid idea and. get going again but I spent too long I think just in that meh like stop dreaming stop thinking big stop and it kind of screwed me up for a wee
0: while I think yeah I think but 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 even you even before this podcast you were talking about how you and your uh, mates basically just took a a year away and just decided that you were gonna go and climb Everest (laughs) with with no gear And again, like it sounded again, like uh, now when you say that, it's like, it makes sense because from what I can hear and understand, it's like 20s, it was like going out and exploring and just doing a whole host of different things. But then you almost got into like normalizing the norm of totally. life. Totally. And then lost your self and that edge yeah. that you had, but you almost maybe didn't appreciate that you had.
1: That, I, I had no idea that what I had was a, almost like this tool that I had to, you know, I had to keep it sharp. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I just fell into that normality that I thought I wanted, right? It's kind of like that, it's like when people say, right, I want to make a million pounds and you give them a million <coughs> pounds and then they're like, eh, now mm-hmm. what? Because you take the drive and you take the dream in and you take all that stuff away, like, it's just, and it's so cliche to be saying, to enjoy the journey it's not about the destination and i cringe even as i say that right but like i do appreciate that a lot more now like you have to enjoy the process because the goal is always a bit of a letdown it's just never quite
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's just never quite what you think but if you can enjoy that process and the build up to it like and that's hard to do right because then it's back to you have to stay in the moment i'm like no no no, i don't want to stay in the moment i want to stay like i want to get in the future and live this mad shit um and it's it's just such a sometimes that's just such a, a battle in your head but i definitely find that if i've got that vision that like pulls me forward as opposed to just always trying to push it's that you can always pull more than you can push. I'm just much better. And that's... And I just forgot about that for a little while in the in the middle of my 30s, I think. And I think that's quite a natural thing. Like, the more people I speak to, the more people... I don't want to scare you here, right? But it's like, you go into your 30s with... It doesn't matter how hard you try, everybody around you starts getting married, starts having kids, starts doing all this kind of normal stuff. And then... Even if you thought you were different from all that, you're like, shit, now I've just become one of them. Like, I'm just another lemming in the game. And yeah, you just, you, and it's it's dangerous, right? You've got, to, you've got to pull yourself out of it and you've got to have something else. Because for so many people, that's probably the vision, right? Is get married, have kids, get in a nice house, get the nice cars and get the nice holidays. And again, when you get it, it's not that good but fucking hell how much fun did we have trying to get there
0: right so yeah as cliche as it is you've got to do that I think I think maybe the the thing that I love and I think about this all the time is like do I love the outcome or do I love the process of doing the thing and as much as I think that I love the outcome that I get to the outcome Mm -hmm. the outcome is then met with obviously almost like this gold measure syndrome that off the back of it it's almost like this loss and this emptiness and it's just like now what Whereas when I'm in the thing and you're in the challenge and it's in you're in the mud and it's hard and it's frustrating and you feel as you're getting punched in the face and you're questioning yourself like, what am I doing this for? Why am I even doing this? Why am I even working towards this big thing? Like it could be so much easier if I just didn't do that and everything's okay. And you know, you tell yourself that story of like, you know, how like, what, like, what why is everybody else around me? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. not doing all this stuff and, and I am, and why am I seemingly putting myself through this voluntarily? Yeah like challenge and pain but then when i strip it back as the same as you it's like that's when you're the most alive that's when you're at your best that's when you're at your most almost like creative and also i think like content And i think for for me i can resonate massively it's like don't get me wrong we have like big aspirations goals targets dreams things you want to accomplish and achieve but for me if i think about it is like i know that as much as I don't want to say it. I love the process and the challenge and the pain and the hardship and the shit, even yeah. when you're in it. And it feels like oh, then I actually do get into the thing because that gives me well, like, I think that, that that's what makes the thing yeah like, more enjoy, more enjoyable because you can get back you can obviously reflect back and go. Whereas I think if you knew that you were going to succeed and it was going to be inevitable and it was going to be easy, well then you wouldn't do it in the first place. And it's the it's the moments and the times that are the most like challenging and we're gonna come onto the MDS in a second but it's like it's when you're literally like you know facing the ground yeah and you're almost like at your absolute worst and it's almost like the dregs of the like the the the, the barrel per se and you're like Pff. they're the moments you now look back on and there's a couple of things and I'll probably bring this up moving forward to so even like the 24 hour race that you did you yeah. sent me that message at two o'clock in the morning it's like it's like that stuff that you look back on now yeah. and it's like that's that like moment interest. Like you will always have that. It will never leave you. You know. Do you? Can you do that? I find that a lot easier to do
1: athletically. Like be in the pain cave, be really struggling, but find a way to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But in business, I'm not as good, and I don't. I don't know why. Do, do you find that yeah. as easy in business? versus athletic or do you like one more i think
0: i mean i I think that's an incredible like question because i don't know whether i'm more experienced in physically challenging myself because i physically challenged myself for so many years of my life that you now know that like that pain and that discomfort and the stitch that you have or like being on the verge of like like Von, whatever you now know that that like you've experienced that before yeah Whereas I don't know whether we're in business because I haven't been doing it as long as I've been doing physically challenging myself and I suppose in in physically challenging yourself it's like I just need to get like you, you know you're less I'm doing a 10 mile run it's like right, okay I'm at nine mile I've got one mile to yeah, go yeah, yeah. whereas I suppose like business it's like what's the end what, do you know what I mean like what's the end goal? Because like we we're just talking about like mowing yeah. the lawn or doing the handy like yeah, yeah. doing the handywork. It's like as a start and an end at least with a training session or a physical endeavor as a start and an, event, an end typically. Whereas in business, it's like yeah, you can create start and ends, but it's not the same. It's not the same. So I don't know whether it's almost like you can't anchor. This is me just thinking my thoughts out loud really? right now. It's like, I don't know if it's because you can't anchor it to like well I've got this to go. And and I wonder
1: like this is this is helping me know, because I'm thinking. I don't set enough mid milestones mm-hmm. along the way. And maybe that's the problem, right? Like, or not the problem, but maybe that's part of the reason that it's harder in business because I don't have those mini celebrations so quickly yeah. because I'm like, well, actually what I'm trying to do is hit this revenue number, or I'm trying to get this many people, or I'm trying to get somebody through this tough thing that's... but. It's almost like I'm a very visual person. Imagine if I actually just took that wall and just wrote January to December and wrote all the things that was like, right, you know, help this person to get through this problem here, here, get them through this physical challenge, get them through this mental one, deliver this revenue number, deliver this profit margin number, hire this person. If I actually had that on a wall, how much easier that might be a lot easier, like on a day-to-day basis, being like fuck, tick, tick tick, tick, almost to the same point of like, done nine miles, Yeah, tenth. was yeah, yeah, yeah. So much of that stuff is just in my
0: head and it's like on to the next one. Mm. I think there's so many open, There's. I think in business there's so many open loops. There is, yeah. So many open loops. And then you close one loop and then you open another loop and then it's always this like, oh, like obviously it's, it's, it's evergreen infinite, you know, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, I think, yeah, I, res- I completely hear you with that. And I think again, it's like understanding, it's like, if you have big goals and you have big targets and you have big aspirations and big dreams, like hard times and challenging times is always gonna be a prerequisite yeah. for like success and growth, but obviously, or success and progress, but obviously when you're in it, it's like, but it's just about normalizing that that hard time is part of the process that yeah. you need to go through in order for you to be able to gain access to this new level. But I think when you're in it, sometimes I suppose it can be difficult to almost see it. Yeah. And I suppose there's so many different like inputs. Yeah. And I also don't know physically, this is me thinking out loud again, you know when it's just you and let's say running a 24-hour race and let's say it's just you in the middle of the night, it's just you alone with your thoughts and nobody else and nothing else and you are 100% in control. And you can decide whether you're going to put another foot in front of the other and I suppose obviously the same can be applied for business but whether it's there's obviously so many other external factors yeah. that obviously have to be taken into account they're almost out with your control there's only so much you can control yeah I don't know this is like a counseling
1: session because yeah. then I'm like wait a minute if I say to somebody else like I've, I can picture this client that's I've got an she's brilliant and i can tell she she wants to do 24 hour ultras and she's right at the start of this journey she's like there's a whole lot of controllables that i can't control there's a, there's a whole lot of uncontrollables mm-hmm. in that scenario you just said right it's the middle of the night she's like i can't see where i'm putting my foot i can't the weather it could be fucking horrible it's the middle of the night i can't control how tired i feel like you can't just be in control of that ability to put one foot in front of the other. i can hear her like listing off all these things right but in my head, it's really simple. I'm like, what you just said. Yeah. Just put one foot in front of the other, forget about everything else, and you'll just get there. And I don't even, you've got a different level of experience than I have in that game. But sometimes the like, business is the same. Yeah. It's just maybe we're being her, like going, fuck, like, we've got this thing over here. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, when you speak to people that are extremely successful, they oversimplify. They feel like they oversimplify everything, right? They're just like get a product, find a product that works, test it, test it, test it again. Bang, go. Yeah, it's like job done. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not that simple. Yeah, because you've got this social media and yeah. and it's like they're like, no, I've done this a hundred times over. And you're like, well, I've done it
0: once. Yeah, right? and I'm finding it really fucking hard right, right now. So yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's just like, and this is again, it's like exposure and experience. Totally. Because, again, you exp- it's that exposure and that experience. And also, again, it's like the, you were saying about the, the achievement, yeah, the yeah. success. It's a process. You know, if I now know that I put these inputs in, I know that I'm going to get these outputs. That is it, yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: That is so true. Yeah, and because I, I think about this now. I'm like, see, in the corporate world, I'm definitely at a point where nothing really phases me we can have what looks like horrific problems. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, everybody's chill out. Here's what we're gonna do. I've done this 10 times before and it's very easy. But I haven't got to that point in the coaching game because I haven't been doing it as long, right? Yeah, And that's, and I would say that that tipped for me like when I was in like my mid thirties. So I'd probably been in the game by that point, 10 years that it was, I remember it just, suddenly things just started clicking.
0: Yeah. So does that
1: mean I've still got like, six years <laughs>
0: to go? <laughs> I think that's it mate, like, it, the, I think it, it's the reps, isn't it? Like you can't, yeah. you cannot, you cannot shy away from doing the reps like the, the reps and the work is fundamentally the only thing that's now going to give you the confidence and the evidence that now allows you to have the competence, I suppose, and the confidence yeah. and then be able to do the stuff and then how you respond and how you react because you've experienced it that many times before, you feel more in control. And then, of course, every kind of new level of stretch target or goal or like new thing you get exposed to, yeah. of course, there's going to be a greater degree of uncertainty because there's obviously that's, that's, new, there's new, that's new uncharted territory. You know, and then you expose, you almost have to expose yourself to the thing to then be able to learn how to deal and process with the thing. But then you get to that next level, but then there's always another level of the game that you can now play. So true. You know, and I think obviously, if I go back to the, the, the business and the person the business and the physical, I think again, it's like success can be replicated using that, the, the process and the behaviors that you've embodied to get from A to B yeah. in different domains. I suppose it's probably just the the shifting kind of exposure and like the way in which it's kind of put together that's different but it's about applying the same like mental process that you would now have i suppose as well and also what does it mean in terms of like identity your self-worth how you're wrapping yourself and your success up in that and whether that's obviously now having a bigger driver and a bigger pull over how you see yourself that's true in comparison to maybe the maybe the you know maybe the physical side because I know there's a period of time that I measured so much of my self-worth and my success and my, and my whole entire identity was wrapped up in how I looked. Yeah. And whether I was now getting validation from others basically impacted how I felt about yeah. myself based upon like the visual. but. Now, if I look at my journey and my progress from a physical perspective, that's completely different. Whereas, I suppose it's the business is that like I remember when um, I did exactly the same. It's like you're basically measuring your progress, your success, and your self worth based upon these external yeah. things. And I don't know whether it's then again it's that journey and that learning. Like you've got to now be able to. Sorry, some lessons have got to be experienced in order for them to be fully understood. Mm-hmm. And whether you're now just going through these lessons, and experiences that you can then start to pull the data, you understand, like. Uh, your edges I suppose and then okay then what and how do I then move forwards and deal with yeah. what's next that is it
1: yeah it's a big experience game isn't it yeah you can't get away from that yeah and I think that's yeah there's just something big about that in the physical thing we just <laughs> don't overcomplicate it, complicated yeah yeah and the fear of failure is actually I think back to like doing my first big thing, like probably Ironman. The fear of failure was huge because I deliberately told lots of people that I was doing it because I wanted to hold myself accountable. I was like, if I tell lots of people, then I'll forget, yeah. I'll do it. So I did, and then I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so I fail. Uh, whereas then now I'm at the. This probably sounds really arrogant, but I'm now at a level that I'm like there's not many people doing this. So if I fuck this up and fail it, everybody's still going to say you were, that was mad. Yeah. So, and it's not that I need the external validation, but we all are aware of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, again, maybe it's that fear of failure, isn't it? Right. You're just like, I don't need, it is okay to fail. Yeah. But it's, it's, do you know what? It's okay to fail, at a massive level it's not okay to fail at a small level if you're fucking about with small things and you keep failing at small things that's that's not cool you need to be it's, and the reason you are fucking about with that is because you're just not thinking big you're just not dreaming big enough you're not thinking big enough you, but if you if you fail doing something big that's totally fine because you at least it was something huge when you fail at something that's tiny and you were kind of just dabbling and you that's just kind of like well you never even set yourself up for success right if you're going to fail fail at something fucking massive so just go all in right and it's like the whole social media thing and all that like if you're going to fail at that and not land and not people aren't going to kind of buy into your thing at least do it because you were being you being like 100 mm-hmm. percent you don't fail at it because you Tried to be somebody that you weren't and you kind of dibble dabbled in it and you did it every four days and whatever else. Because then you just go, it's none of that's good. At least if you're going to fail,
0: fail and monumentally. Yeah. I say to a lot of, I say to a lot of, i had actually plenty of conversations and I've said to quite a lot of people, it's like, you need to now be able to be okay. And I think the same thing in terms of myself is like, if I now know that I've left it all out on the table and I've given yeah. it absolutely 100% and I've not been good enough or I've not made the, you know, I, do you know what? I knew that I couldn't have given it anymore and it's not worked out. I'm okay and I can live with that. Yeah. But if I now know that I have cut corners, cheated myself, not really gone like in per yes. se in terms of committed to it. Yes. And I now know that there was more in there. Nobody else would know, but I know. Yeah, And that, for me, is the thing that eats away. And, and I don't think I've ever said this to them. I think I have, I've put it out on social media. But again, when I was a kid, I was running cross-country races, and I was never good at uh, running or anything along those lines. But I ended up getting a pope around when I was 12. Uh, and then basically I was doing a paper round seven days a week, but I kept on breaking my bike. So then I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm going to have to start running my paper round. So I'd run. Two miles to the shop. I then have two, like two, like yeah. thirty papers on the left, thirty papers on the right. One bag over the left shoulder, one bag over the right shoulder. I then run a ten-kilometer paper round, what carrying the these, face. carrying these, carrying these bags of papers. And then, lo and behold, like I did that every single day, seven days a week, on top of them, like football chain. I then became an elite-level runner. <laughs> as you, without, I got forty quid a week as well. So I was an absolute winner. A double, but, yeah, right, double, but, double, yeah. double win. Um, and then I was like, oh, and I ended up then competing in cross country because I got got it running. Um, and I never forget I was competing in the, in the English championships and I was against all these incredible runners and i had been so used to winning i'd won the north like you know, the, the north devon the southern the, the southwest and everything else and i was like you so used to winning and then basically went to this big race it was at sefton park in i think it's in liverpool uh my parents came up for the weekend and uh there's 400 people racing and i'll never forget i was like basically 4k into this into this run we've gone up a steep hill i was like i must have been about 150th or something and i just remember in my head i still remember it's this moment i was like this is hard this is shit. This feels so incredibly difficult. I'm not winning. What's the point? So I just faked a hamstring injury. And I basically just then crawled off to the side. Uh, St John's ambulance came over. Oh yeah, my hamstring basically got me, went back. And uh, we still laugh about it now because my stepdad's like, you play on this story for years and he's like, and he's like, I knew you were bullshit. And he's like, I've known you all my life. He's like, "You I knew that you hadn't pulled a hamstring. You were just basically, you just knew that you weren't going to win yeah, yeah, yeah. and you hadn't given yourself, you hadn't given it your absolute best. And so therefore you decided to quit on yourself because that was an easier option that now something that you've got to live with. Mm-hmm. And that for me... That moment and that feeling are like when you stop, and then I was like, I've just completely let myself down. Like, that for me is a moment and an experience that I will never forget and has literally driven me so much. And every time I now think about, quitting when something does get hard i always then think about that joe that 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 halfway up that hill quit on himself yeah made up some bullshit story yeah to tell everybody else and everybody's like oh it's okay apart from my stepdad who's like yeah Yeah. you're you're a bullshit (laughs) um but it's that you know and it's like at least if you give it your all and you know that and it doesn't work out well at least i've left it all on there and i'll have grown through the process rather than now knowing that there's still pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that i didn't put in and it is, it's that,
1: that that's like the perfect example of you have to, if you're if you're struggling right now, like if you're in that pain cave right now in your business or whatever it is, right, it's, there's a good chance it's going to be this amazing learning, this amazing gift that you're going to use at some point in your life later and be like, well, if I can do that, or remember I did that and that was a terrible thing to do, so I can't, I definitely can't do that again. It's kind of just being able to take yourself out of that moment and be like, this is hell. I'm really struggling. I really don't want to have to do this, but somehow,
0: somewhere, this is going to be valuable. Yeah, this is going to be gold dust. Yeah. mate, take me back to uh, that. What that reminds me of there is, uh, mate, take me back to the 24-hour race that you did, and you, uh, you messaged me at two o'clock in the. You messaged me at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, thanks for phoning me back. <laughs> <laughs> what was, uh, what, uh, what, what, mate, what, what? what oh man taught taught ta- ta- me taught me through that experience Do you know that was uh that was cool
1: right loch ness 24 hour i just had this thing in my head where when did, when did i do that i did that after iron man i was like i had that year i think we'd sat down and said i want to do a half iron man a full iron man and i want to try and do 100k ultra and i thought and that for me was like this massive ugly hairy ass goal that was borderline impossible but i thought if i fail at least nobody can say well well, you kind of didn't really you half arsed it so i was like we were i don't know what time you started that must be like 14 hours in Mm -hmm. right you're probably a couple of marathons down by that point and it's the middle of the night and that is a horrible loop if anybody's ever thinking about doing the Loch Ness 24 because it's just a 7k loop and you're just going so it's it's just going round and round the same loop it's like a kilometre up a hill it's a kilometre down a hill your knees just jarring it's a kilometre across tree roots in a forest like it's like football training coming in and out of those Yeah. you've got a kilometre on a beach and then you've got a kilometre through this like knee-high grass that's just tangling you up and yeah you just go to these places there where I've always, been, I've always been able to extract myself out of the moment there and be like, is this gonna help? Is this as painful as this is right now? Like literally like third person view, right? And I can see myself running, but then I can stand here and like look at myself and be like, you're proud of yourself. Like, is there anything else you think you should be doing right now? And I can just be like, no, oh, this is the coolest thing ever, right? Just just find a way to keep going. Just and I've never been one for the one step in front of the other. That's almost because I'm a dreamer, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm always dreaming about the finish line. Right? Like what that's gonna feel like. And some people are like, oh, but it's fucking miles away. By that point, it was another nine hours of running away here, which felt like forever. But that concept of being at the finish line. My kids were there, and that was the first time I'd ever really taken them to any of these events. like it all just putting myself in that moment and just reliving it over and over again to come out of the pain right that that's That's how I do it all the time is i'm never i'm a very I'm, I don't think I'm particularly present when I'm running. I just get this freedom of mm-hmm. mind where I'm just like and I can put myself in the end state, in the goal, and experience it. And actually the 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 vision the imagining it is always better than the actual result. Like the way that I've envisaged that finish line was like, you know, the there's champagne flowing, there's thousands of fans flocked around, my kids are there, they're running daddy. I'm yeah. like, I love you. Right? Like in reality you're in the middle of fields. <laughs> There's just the three of them, I want the kids. A guy with a dog. Uh, but that's kind of how you do it, right? You just you have to have something that's that's bigger than that moment that you're trying to get to. That that's and that's when I come alive, right? I'm just like, fuck, this is hell. Like I can verify that this is hell right now. And this is what you wanted. Because then the desert thing, right, to, to, like, I always remember the day we arrived at the desert, me, Mark Rhodes, and a few of the other boys, we we step off the bus, right, and it's a sandstorm, like a complete sandstorm. So we were like, oh, this is fucking amazing, like, this is, like, the real Sahara Desert. But after about 20 minutes, the sandstorm disappeared, and it got really, uh, it was cool, like, it was, like, 27, 28 degrees, right? And we were told, like, the race is always done in the 40s. So we were like, I sat down with them that night. I went, I will be absolutely gutted if we have to run this race in like 27, 28 degrees, like the easiest one there's ever been. Yeah. And we were sitting there, like, there was a bit of, yeah, but still fucking really hot. <laughs> we're still haven't run across sand. We still haven't run 250 kilometers. And we've still got all this weight on our back. But I was like, if You're gonna do it, like, you've got to do it, you've got to do it all. Like, I want a full experience, so yeah. Like, th- th- that was like Loch Ness, right? You were just like, This is where I want to be. I wanted to be in hell in the middle of the night, absolutely knackered, like, nothing to eat, yeah. nothing to nobody to there to like cheer me on or anything like that because everybody's sleeping. It's, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and and I suppose that's the business thing as well. is just reminding yourself that's like, you're actually, sometimes it is really hard. But you're exactly what it's meant to be hard, mm-hmm. right? So, almost appreciate that and enjoy that. And as I say that out loud, I'm like, I must keep reminding myself that, like, because the last three or four weeks has kind of felt a little bit hard because we've been trying to scale. We've got lots of new clients. We've got like new. New problems, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's not what it's supposed to be like, but actually, it's exactly what it's supposed to be like, yeah. and yeah, I'm probably just better at that on the physical stuff than elsewhere,
0: yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think she's acknowledging, like you say, it's just part of the process, and I said that sound like you know, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, and there's something quite grounding about that now knowing right okay yeah this is supposed to be happening for me and i can't acknowledge or appreciate why that is right now but when i reflect and i now look back you can only connect the dots when you look backwards yes and it's like now when you connect the dots backwards you're like ah that makes sense i can make sense of that now why that happened and why that was a lesson and while this was an opportunity or why this thing like yeah. so like I thought was like happening to me actually was happening yeah. for me yeah. but it's just having that like hindsight when you have been able to kind of surpass that to be able to then see again and then you understand well how did I behave what did I do well like what was I proud of What well, actually wasn't I proud of in terms yeah. of like and next time this arises because it will arise yeah. you know it's a process and it's yeah. just gonna repeat all process but it's just gonna be packaged in a slightly different wrapper Surely. How do I then want to be able to draw back upon that experience, which I suppose comes back to exactly what you said about the physical and the business? Yeah. It's like physically, you're like, okay, this has happened so many times before. So I now know that I've been here so many times before. So I now recognize and understand the patterns. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I suppose in business, like I've been training for 20, 30, well, pretty much like, you know, 20, 20 years of my life. I've been in business 10 years of my life. So it's like, yeah. it's almost, again, it's completely different. But you then recognize the patterns, then you understand how to process that. And I think that's the. Like the power and the beauty and again repetition and experience like most like most importantly so yeah. mate, i love that like you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you can only connect the dots when you look backwards and that does give you that sense of like acknowledgement and appreciation of okay yeah this does start to make sense and there is opportunity here if i'm now open enough to look for this and see the lessons in this and i'm willing to grow through this and again it's like I'm gonna butcher this, but uh, my leadership coach said to me the other day, it's like you have like I think it's storming, norming, performing, transforming. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the right that's the right, right sequence. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you've got to go through that like storming phase. Yeah to be to get to the norming phase, and if you don't go through the storming phase, and like, it's it's part of it. It's a bit like the emotional cycle of change. You yeah, have that yeah, uninformed yeah. optimism, informed informed pessimism, valley of despair. Totally. And it's like, I, so like, I, it's funny, like, I remember doing a talk years ago, and uh, I basically was talking about this, and somebody put their hand up, there, they're like, I feel like I pitched a tent, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've got a campfire in the valley of despair. And it's like, you know, like, for, and I've been there for ages, and I'm like, yeah, but on the other side of this is this like this yeah. informed optimism, but you, if you, you have to go through that, but then it's like the processes, the systems, the people you have around you, like the vision that you now have, the trust and the confidence in the behaviors that you're trying to embody and what you now see that maybe nobody else now sees and having then the people to the left and right of you and having that strategy that's so integral because it's going to happen, but it's trying to uh, process and deal with that to the best of your capacity. And I suppose the more that you go through that, the better you become at that. that is it. Like, And then you can obviously, extremity expands capacity. So the more extremity you get exposed to, the bigger the capacity you build, therefore the harder shit you can then deal with and manage so, because you're like, well then the exec or the business owner has been in it 50 years and yeah. he's like, yeah, mate, piece of cake. Totally. It's like, well, yeah, because he's now been, expo- he's, he's got such a huge amount of exposure and extremity through all those years that his new level of capacity Is now like like I remember you said to me. It's like when you did the MDS. It's like mate, like like now like you know like running like two marathons back to back or like you know, like mate, that's just a now to most people that's a dream. And don't get me wrong, it's an incredibly challenging thing to do. But when you've now just done like two hundred and fifty k in the Sahara Desert in fifty degree heat um, with fifteen kilos on your back because you didn't pack that right, you didn't pack that right mattress, which I'll come on to in a minute, um, like. Like, well that now that, that now is just a tra- you know a marathon is just a training run yeah. but so I think it's no. that it's that same exposure extremity thing that the more you push yourself the more you start to normalise a new level of capacity that you can now handle much like anybody in the gym it's just it's just volume
1: it's funny like there's, there's something in there that's like I think you and I we're talking about how simpler it is with physical stuff and I don't think that's true like I think we just naively mm-hmm. think that, right? Like, But also because of the experience, right? But I, I think that I'm still convinced now there's something else like in business or in personal or whatever else. It's just your perspective of what mm-hmm. you're... An experience does massively help, right? Because you can then just strip away all the noise and you're like, yeah, yeah, this always happens, but and nothing ever actually happens off the back of that noise. Um yeah I feel like I can't get that out of my head I'm now like, shit, like, yeah, because I'm probably in that there's, theres when you get to the valley of despair, right and you're sitting in your tent. The danger point there right is is you 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 give up uh-huh. because then it's like if you manage to stay in that valley of despair for nine months or something, right, If you can handle that challenge, that pain, whatever that is, when you give up, it's very hard to do nine months again. It'll probably be six months, and you'll be like, nah, I'm out," yeah. and then it becomes three months. So it's like you you have to go through it, right? Because month ten might just be the month that you 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 come straight out of it. Yeah. Um, but you'll never see that if you don't appreciate that you have to you have to camp there. There's no way out of it. You have to be in that tent. So, suck it up and just remember that at some point you're gonna look back on this and go, oh, no, that was funny, Yeah, remember we did that, and yeah.
0: And that goes, that goes almost full cycle back to what we spoke about at the start with regards to the goal side of things, and is it the goal of the process? Yeah. It's like, if I now look at anything that I've done that's been worthwhile, like one thing that stands out for me is that like cycling the length of the country. I, don't, I can't really remember that many of the, I never tell the stories of the good times, I only ever tell the stories and the thing that really kind of either gets me emotional or I feel incredibly connected to and I can sit in that moment, I can feel it, is when it was really fucking shit and it was so hard and I was like on the brink and again, it's like that's the stuff that you now draw upon and you now remember and then when you get to the finish line, that's the pain, the experiences, the struggle, the confidence and the trust that you've had in yourself when uncertainty was the only certainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you actually then kind of acknowledge, and I think that's where that elation really comes from. Because like I yeah. say, when it's when it's great and it's hunky dory and it's amazing, it's easy, it's like, well, yeah, this is great, but like that's not the stuff that really builds you. We need oh. those challenging, kind of like tough, tough we moments. Do. Because then you really find out what you're made of and you strip everything away, and it's just literally you and the thoughts in your head yeah and how do i they process and i was like yeah have I understand the dialogue that i'm telling myself and then it's the games that you play and that's it in life it's like you know you're
1: yeah. it's just a big game it is and if you treat it like a game it's a hell of a lot easier yeah it's when you try and treat it like it's a process or something that it becomes really hard because you're like Follow the fucking process, right? And it's like, no, nah, it's just a game. It just sometimes you have to go left, sometimes you have to go right. Like I always have this image in my head where um, it's like I'm on a road and then there's a roundabout. And then, so if I go straight, all it is is another roundabout. So I can go left, but there's another roundabout. So I'm gonna get to this end point. I just don't know whether I'm gonna go left, then right, then right again and then left, like, there's just constant roundabouts, so when I've got these hard decisions to make, I'm always just like, right, I'm just at a roundabout, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but bang, I'm going to go with this one, because I'd rather not just get stuck at the roundabout, Yeah. and then I know that, you know, in a week down the line, or a month down the line, I'm just going to hit another roundabout and go, fuck, that was a bad decision back there, better take a left at this one, and then we're good, Yeah. and when I do that, I kind of then, it just simplifies everything for me, it takes away the kind of pressure of holy shit like got to get this decision right and that's when i probably start procrastinating and then it all goes down the share yeah. after that well so
0: you, you just get overwhelmed and then you almost don't make a decision because then you're almost basically in this paralysis and then you lose confidence and trust because you stop behaving totally. in alignment with who it is you now know you want to be and then ultimately that then leads into yeah you losing trust within yourself and yeah that has that obviously has an impact you know so yeah. oh mate i get that i'm just going to close a loop before we kind of proceed this conversation which was the 2am loch ness race yeah, yeah. where you messaged me that i didn't message you back because i was asleep <laughs> warm and cozy in my bed and uh you sent me a you sent me a video and i can still remember it vividly and it's like you were the head torch on you in the middle of nowhere and i basically woke up out of my scratcher in the morning turn on my phone i'll see how i see how scott's see how scott's getting on and you're like mate it's two o'clock in the morning, it's pitch black, I'm in the middle of nowhere, I can't see anything, and I'm completely by myself, and it's really shit, (laughs) it's like, but i tell you what the only thing that's keeping me going is like i cannot wait to meet the person that i'm going to be once i reach this finish line yeah. i made mean, that for me like honestly it made get messy, it may, like i can still remember i still feel i still feel that and i use yeah. that like i use that actually in the tune up yeah. life to the guys that the, the, the i think that was the saturday and i use that on the monday and i still use that all the time as well with my with myself and whenever anybody's doing like a any type of physical endeavor i i yeah. I, I give them i give them the Scott i give yeah. them i give them the Scott motivational talk which is yeah, it's like you're going through shit and you're going through hard times, but I cannot wait to meet the person that you're going to be once you reach that finish line. And mate, that phrase for me, it's like in our entire relationship, like I love you and you've done some incredible things, but like that's probably the most powerful thing because I think of like, it was a video, it was the 2 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. It was like, the every. I think it was the emotion behind it. I could see the fatigue yeah. in your face and it was like that was the thing that keeping you going. I was like, yeah, that's what it's about. I mean, that, that's, that's literally what it's about. It's like, I am looking forward to meeting that. Like, you're just trying to out-clone yourself. Yeah. You're just trying to beat yourself and outwork that, in that whole sense, like that self-doubt. That's cool.
1: That's, good. that's a good phrase, Scott. Like, I, I forget that I did that, I said that. I know you've loved
0: that. Oh, mate, but... yeah, I live on that, I live yeah. on that. It's a bit like the hamstring story of my stepdad. down yeah. I, I live on those <laughs> things as well.
1: <laughs> I do think there's
0: that, that,
1: that for me, is like your identity, right? Like I have created that identity for myself that is this person who no matter how shit it is or how hard it gets, I will get through it. Like I've, I never used to be like that. I've just, that for some reason, that's something that resonates with me. I want to be that person. So when I'm in those moments, of like pain and struggle and hardship particularly in the physical side I'm like this is brilliant because this is just reinforcing my identity that I am that person so it's like I think I'm that person in the run-up to it, I'm like I think I'm that person I want to be that person I try and just try and like behave like a person like that but then I know that at the end of that 24 hours I was like then I am that person mm-hmm. right yeah. because then I've got the the undeniable proof that I can do it, and I've been, I've, I've, I've done it. So, yeah, it's um, it's funny that because weirdly enough, but uh, the girl who does my social media for me, she was like, "This is the best reel you've ever had." It got like lo- thousands of views. Uh, I can't remember. I'm sure she said it was like thirty thousand views, and it's this weird one. Actually, I'm sitting there like slouched in a chair, and I went, "Do you know what? Do you know what goes through your head when you're running an ultramarathon? And I said that at the end of it and I'm like, fucking hell, it went better than anything I've ever done. Yeah. And I never thought about it. No, you've just reminded me. I'm like, oh, it actually is good.
0: Yeah. Mate, so good. I, I say, mate. I, I, repurposing I, that tomorrow. Mate, absolutely be <laughs> going on tonight. But that's what you remember, mate. That's, yeah, I, I, yeah. I I absolutely love that. I thought that I thought that I thought that was incredible. How did you well mate, there's two routes that I want to go down here. Let's go down this route first. Yeah. How do you juggle it all? Property business, MD performance coaching company, two kids, amazing wife Emma, physically now trying to do a whole host of weird and wonderful things. How how does Scott do it all? To a standard as well.
1: I suppose if I heard somebody say that, I'd be like, they've got their shit squared away. (laughs) Must have a chat with that guy. <laughs> figure out what he's doing. Um, I, I've definitely, I've definitely become a lot more efficient with my time. Right, like so, simple, tangible things that I do is everything goes in my diary in an order. So first things like family stuff. So I figure out what days am I dropping the kids off at school. What days are we picking up? What days have we got doctors' appointments or whatever else? All that goes in the diary for probably four weeks in advance. It'll go out further if I can. Second thing that goes in the diary is coaching performance stuff. Third thing that goes in the diary is the training. Fourth thing that goes in the diary is the corporate job, right? But, and I only work nine till six. I've kind of grown up on that and I'm religious about that. Right? That's There's no real, I never work later than six because then I'd not see the kids. And I want to be there in the morning to do that. So it's kind of, it, if, you, if, you're, if you know that that's your only barriers, right? Like you're only, everything has to happen in that time, then you, you make it work. Whereas if I know, if for some reason there's a big gap in my calendar and I'm like, oh, that's amazing because I've got loads of stuff to do. If I don't actually schedule that stuff in and be like, right, you've got 30 minutes for this, you've got an hour for that. If I just sit at my desk, not a single thing gets done apart from the nonsense shit that doesn't need done so i think i'm very good at prioritizing that and then locking it in Mm -hmm. and then i think i think i'm just at this point now where experience has taught me what is actually important i know how to manage teams very well like i'm not I have no ego in terms of like, oh, it all has to be me. In fact, I'm the opposite. I'm like, shit, I'm probably the worst person in all of this. So it would be better if everybody else did it. Um, Yeah, I think, I just, and I'm constantly questioning it. Another couple of things I do. So I do write a things to do list. I know some people are like, oh, it's a terrible thing to do. I always write my list and I always write next to it the number of minutes that I expect that to take me. So that when I'm sitting there and I've got 20 minutes in between calls or something like that, I can look at it and go, right, there's three tasks that are five minutes each. I could just get them done. Mm-hmm. As opposed to that kind of, oh, I've got 20 minutes, I'll just, I'll just chill. That's really kind of helped me. Um, but then just being really clear on what the priority is. Right, It's like family stuff comes first. And I, my dad wasn't around as much when I was growing up so I definitely don't want to be like that so that's this massive motivator so I'm just like that is always that's the priority but I know what the minimum is that needs done and all the other things um yeah I think I'm just I don't know you make it sound like it's really hard and actually I find it remarkably easy and I think Mm -hmm. it's just because time experience whatever else and I always just think of them as kind of levers as well, like like a plane. Like I'm all, I, Actually, not levers. I always think of them like a throttle handle. Like, shit, I, I need to put a throttle down here on... I can't put a throttle on all of it, which is the tempting thing, right? It's like, I just want to go max out on everything. I'm always like, right, you know, I actually family stuff's cool, right? I can take my get foot off the gas a little bit for a few days or whatever it is, and just everybody will tick over nicely, so yeah, but I need to get my shit together because stuff going on over here but being conscious about that and not being like, all right, I'm going to keep my foot or keep my hand down on the family stuff. And then I'm going to have to also put the foot down on the performance stuff. And then shit, I've got a whole lot of training up here. Like it's just kind of burnout. So yeah, I'm like a very visual person. So Mm -hmm. I'm always like trying to, yeah. And then again, identity, like I just have this thing where I just don't want to be 80 years old and look back and be like, You could've done a bit more. Like, that actually scares me. Like, um, don't don't waste time. Do cool shit, and the more cool shit that you do, the more cool shit that you want to do. Like, I, I just it's like a drug. It's like you just it's like training, right? Like people who don't train are always like, "How have you got the energy to train?" I'm like, "I don't." That's how I get the energy, right? I have to go in the gym run and jump and lift and that gives me energy to go and do the other shit i think that's the same with this right like if i've got lots of things going on and it makes me feel good and makes me want to do more Mm. when i've not got a lot on because that's always the tempting thing you get really busy and you're like oh see if i could just jack it all in life would be so much easier right like actually you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna work really hard for another year put all the money away in the bank and then i can just sit on my ass and do nothing. Like I'm just not that content in that space of doing nothing. It's kind of cool for a bit and you need that time, but it's not the identity that I've kind of created for myself. Um so it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that I do this a lot with clients, right? Like it's what is your identity? I'm trying to really get them to understand well, my identity is that I'm this really, most of my work comes in through sort through that entrepreneur, corporate business side of things. And I'm like, they're like, well, I'm this really successful person at this. That is my identity. And you're like, all right, cool. And they're like, but I'm not that interested in it anymore. I've got these other ideas that I want to do, but I can just never be bothered. I'm like, well, no wonder, because you don't identify with any of it. Like it's not something, your identities, like, as humans, our our number one need is to remain consistent with the identity that we create for ourselves. So it's like, if you don't create that identity that is people want to run a marathon or something, it's it's the opposite. They're like, I am not the person who can run a marathon. Like, well, probably not, right? If that's what you think, like that's what's going to happen here. But yeah, I've like created it, designed that kind of identity to be who I wanted to be. And now I just want to remain consistent. So I just keep myself busy and yeah, do, do fun shit. Make it fun as well. That's freaking, that's probably the biggest thing of all. I got lost for a while and uh, this has to be boring, like and monotonous. Can you handle the monotony? Just, you know, again saying that out loud, you're like, what were you thinking? But I know so many people who are like. Oh, yeah, I just sit in these meetings all day. They're so boring back and I can grudge it out. Yeah. I really grind and I'm like, fuck it out. Like, it's no. like a badge of honor. Yeah, totally. And it's like this, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of like a massive thing in the corporate world, right? Because yeah. that's that's an entrepreneur game. It's a bit different, right? People want to have fun. It's much more personal and stuff. Corporate can get so stuffy and the. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably how I try to squeeze it in.
0: I love that. One big thing that I take from that is when you're talking about the training side of things, it's like I don't have the energy to train, but the energy is the thing that gives me the energy to do the other things. Totally. And it's that thought process of like, you have to behave your way to a feeling. You have to behave your way to success. You have yeah. to behave your way to, like you're never going to feel like it, but yeah. that's why you have to then behave your way to it. Totally. And it's understanding that as a concept, which can often, like you say, you're like, let me just wait until I feel this or I feel more recovered or I feel like I've got energy. Now there's a time and a place to, understand yeah. that but also at the same time it's like sometimes i have to behave my way to how i want to feel and where i want to be and the success that i now want to have and like what does that now look like and again that comes back down to the patterns okay what yeah. are the bright spots right okay i basically achieved it anything in your life it's like basically i was here and i got here what were the behaviors that I embodied how did i think what did i do how did i act right okay you can literally pick that up yep and then put that into the other thing yes it might look slightly different. And there might be a few different levers, but it's still the same process. That's it. Do you write stuff like, so see
1: when I'm, I'd love to journal every day. I think it'd be really, I it would help me enormously, but I just can't be fucking asked. But I think what what I do do is when I achieve something big, or if I'm feeling in a particularly like great state, I write stuff down. I'm like, how did I get here, right? And that's so fucking important, right? Because you can listen to as many podcasts as you want about how Joe got to be where he is and how he's happy and how he's got all his success or Scott or Johnny or Mosey, or whoever, right? But you are it's kind of like just this big brainstorm. There's a million different ways you can get there. If you don't actually figure out what your things are, then it's really hard. And what I do is like, I'll go like everybody. You go through these cycles where I'm like, oh, I feel so fucking good just now. Like, take on the world, and I write stuff down. I'm like, What have I been doing recently? Like, how how do I feel? What's what's been going on? So that when I then hit the dip, I'm like, Right, like, get back to it, and it's got to be specific things that like, I actually I did this. I was reading it this morning because I've got this shoulder injury. It's been going on and on, right? And some things it flares up. Some things it's fine, and it's flared up this week, and I'm like what the fuck like and normally this can go on for like months because i just don't know what to do to get rid of it but i've written down now the little things so i'm like i have to get up when the alarm goes off if i lie in bed it just flares up i um i have to take two roofing before i go to bed to bring the swelling down tiny just tiny little like details that in general would seem irrelevant that make such a difference stand at the desk more so than you're, than, you're, than, you're, um, than you're sitting. And when you've got all these little triggers, and because I wrote them, so they're my words, so they trigger me more mm-hmm. than if you wrote them, I can so quickly get out of that like, that's an injury, right? But I can, otherwise I can get out of the state that I'm in, whether it's a mental thing, so much quicker if I've got it written down and I can kind of just quickly learn. It's kind of like the whole coaching philosophy, right? Like, don't try and make all your own mistakes. Just go and find somebody who's made it. Yeah. Whereas this is like just finding me and going, oh, you used to be quite good at this, or you used to feel great about it, so now I'll just quickly learn it all again because
0: you too quickly forget. Do you write that sort of shit? Uh... I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily journal every single day. I spend a lot of time writing with pen and paper, like just a whole host of random thoughts, feelings, what's going on. Um, I do do like a weekly kind of just uh, brain dump, like what went well, what didn't go well, how am I feeling, where am I right now, why am I feeling the way in which I'm feeling, how do I wanna feel moving forwards, what are currently the friction points that I feel as though yeah, that I'm facing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do that a lot. Um, but I'm not like religiously like I do this mm. at this point. It's more like a, it's like based upon kind of like feel more so yeah. than more so than anything. Um, but you picked up on a great point and I, I remember and I, I communicate this quite often to people. It's like we have, yes, I think they use it in the, um, in the um, military. It's like this bounce back ability. And it's almost. Then, uh, and I think about this whenever you had. Like I used to use it a lot with like the nutritional stuff. It'd be like, right, okay. If you now know that you're in a high, like a highly emotional state, and you now know in that highly emotional state that your first default mechanism is to go to food. Yeah. It's like you now need to, when you're in a logical state, write down Which, the, how you're going to be feeling, yeah. the thoughts, and the fears, the thoughts and the feelings that are going to be going through your head at that moment in time that you already know because you've done that a hundred times. You felt that a hundred times before so that when you're now thinking about going and doing that thing and you are in that state instead of then having like somebody tell you because again it's not you so it's not autonomy but if you now have something that you can now go and look at and you can read and you can now just basically listen joe right now you're in a highly emotional st- you're, you know emotion is high you now know that you know you're tired you're hungry you're this you're that you know that your initial response would be just go and eat something or go and do this and go yeah. and do that but you know that yeah. you now know that that's not the answer and that temporarily may make you feel better so you reading this is a sign that you need to insert, go and do another three, three other things instead. And does it always work? No, but it's like, at least it's that way where, like you say, it's come from you and you've written it down. And then that's a framework that you can then go, right, okay, when I'm in this state and I usually, that would then usually cue the response of me doing this. I'm now gonna read this thing and then that's gonna ch- hopefully start to change that behavior to start to get you to go, right, okay, maybe I'm not gonna go and sit on the sofa and eat that food, that I, maybe I'm just gonna go for a walk instead. Yeah. And then if I, then if I still feel like it, then but the likelihood is you, you won't. Do you know what I mean? So it's like right, okay. So but it, so I'm saying if you can write the the, the the beautiful phrase that you said, it's like because it's my words. Yeah. And it's like that's what we need it to be, and that comes back down to coaching. Yeah. It's like you can't tell somebody what to do when well, you can. Yeah. But that'll only work for sport. what happens when you're not there. So how yeah. can you then get them to self coach themselves? And like it's these little things that can be so powerful that give you that anchor. That you now know that like when you're in that emotional state, as an example, or tired or fatigue state, that's not you. No. You know, so how can you then start to basically like support yourself by creating these little like pillars, I suppose, of how you would then behave obviously within those moments that you now know because you've experienced it before, that you now know isn't really you and you always regret doing it after you've kind of done it per se. And how can you mitigate that? Which is mate, what I've taken from that. And I love that word, the phrase, that's not you because i
1: wrote this to somebody the other day there they were a client was feeling we did this like here's where you're at here's your scores your all your stuff that you've done in this six months period and look how much better you've got and all this kind of thing and he was like at the time he was like oh, i just feel so good i'm fucking amazing blah, blah. and i went to meet him for a coffee to talk about the next phase and he was ill and he was like oh, i had to feel well quit down, he's like, and I don't know why, I've just been having like anxious thoughts for the last few days, and he's like, and I've been having arguments with a wife, he's like, it just feels like it's all gone to shit. And I was like, but that's not you, Mm -hmm. right? Remember who you is, you are this person. Like, and I had to literally put up the slide and be like, the guy who ran his first ever marathon, the guy who went from energy levels of like three to 10, right? And he was like yeah but how do you know he said to me how do you know that that this guy that he was like sick and ill and anxious and whatever else how do you know that this is not me and i was like arguably you don't right but i do know you can be that guy mm-hmm. and you have to choose that you want to be that guy yeah and you can be at the moment you've managed to be him for six months which is amazing but you can be him for 12 months 12 years however long you just need to know now some of the triggers that's like shit i can start to feel my next time i'm ill this is going to feel rubbish and mentally it's going to feel rubbish and i had not considered that and all this kind of thing but that's okay because i'm just camped out in that little despair. and i'm going to come out the other side of it so
0: yeah knowing who
1: you are right that's like this is not you
0: yeah and it's Mm -hmm. also having uh, people holding you to a higher standard like around you I think it's important that you hold yourself to a higher standard than anybody else holds you but also it's like I use Leanne as a perfect example it's like she holds me to such a high standard and if there's any challenge or any struggle or anything that's difficult or anything that I'm experiencing like hardship with there's always a, a bit of uh, like compassion, but the compassion is more like, yeah, but this is who you are, and this is what you do, and this is how you operate, and this is how you behave, and this is the way in which you now respond to this because this is all the stuff that you've done before. And so fundamentally, this is the very step that you need to step into because this is now where you're going. And actually, did the other day, and it's like it's almost like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard, but of course, that's why you need people to the left and right of you, yeah, yeah. but can then say at points because again, like you don't go, you don't get anywhere alone you know and that's where you need people around you and it's like yeah okay you know but at times you need an arm around your shoulder you need a cuddle and you need yeah, to be told yeah, it's yeah. going to be okay but also at other points you need to go like that it's like you need to have people that hold you in such a like to a higher standard that maybe sometimes you even hold yourself because you need that and it's like yeah you're right I, you know yeah. and then that's that thing as well and i think that's just the power of actually just having these people around you and also like tough love in a Compassionate way, totally. You know, um, and actually, that just gives you the belief to go, yeah. And there's that choice as well. like so when Leanne says to you,
1: you're like, "Ah, oh, it's all fucking yeah. to shit," and this is so annoying. And she, because I could see Emma doing the same thing, where it's kind of they're a bit like, "Oh, for fuck, are we gonna go here again?" Yeah, because <laughs> they're like, "You're gonna be totally fine." I know you. I'm not as emotionally involved in this little paddy that you're having, so. Like sometimes Emma would be a bit like, I don't even know why you're getting upset about this because you know that you're going to be absolutely fine, and and I'm like, but and there's a decision that's like right either I try to justify why I've got to stay in this state and why it is a massive problem and you're being a dick and I, or it's like actually yeah you know what fair point I probably will be alright yeah and it's is. Uh, this little decisions like that, that you've got to be so careful of because yeah. too many people probably get caught in that no I, there's a great saying I know. coach of mine used to have and i can't quite remember what it is but it's like people will fight more for their limitations than they'll ever fight for their dreams like people will say if i say to you you know here's your dream you will be like no but I, I can't get it like I mean have you seen what I've got going on? I've got this going on in my life I've got this problem I've never done that I've never like they'll fight so hard but then when you're like fight like that hard Fair. about getting over there and you'll be fine but people don't right they, they want to f- fight to justify those limitations that they've got um yeah you've got catch
0: these little decisions I in the think- moment the small behaviors, are all the small behavior, the small behaviors make the difference. Totally, you know, totally. because again, a few small behaviors, again, like may potentially, you know, don't really have a big impact, but then when compounded over time, they start to have a huge influence, and it's stuff like that. And it's how quickly, again, it's at like that bounce back ability. How quickly can yeah. you then bounce back? And that's where you need to have the the systems, the processes, and the people around you to a allow yourself the opportunity to feel the feeling. Yeah. yeah. Remove yeah. the story that you're telling yourself, but feel the feeling. Yeah, Why am I yeah. feeling this way? Yeah. And then go right. Okay what's my next action what's my next step what do I now need to do yeah. like what is like what does my future self want my current self to thank myself for within yeah. that moment yeah you know that's and you don't always get it right and i make bad decisions and everyone does cuz you're a human being but yeah. it's like if you can make more positive ones than negative ones in alignment with the person you're now committed to being yeah. and becoming well you're always going to be on that kind of upward trajectory and i think that's where the physical challenge and the physical endeavors and doing the physical stuff Teaches you so much of that through those experiences that I don't think you almost can get. You can get elsewhere, but I think this, that physical, what you can do with the physical body when it's telling you to stop and it's hard and you're tired and this and that, and it's that relationship between body and mind. Yeah. That if you can cultivate and build and develop, like that's the thing that, again, I think it just teaches you discipline. Yeah. You know? And that then carries over into like other aspects and other, and other areas because you have that resilience that you then build and let you say you then generate the energy and everything else that comes along with it which brings us nicely into the MDS. Yeah. That's the we, we I we, don't we, have any energy on that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not 100% good. and the, the great thing is actually wasn't too long ago we sat with Aaron and uh, we, had Mr, we had Mr Mark Rhodes uh, sat on the couch and he was eight weeks about eight weeks from the M eight eight about eight That's weeks from the MDS. I to that one. Yeah, yeah, so he was about eight weeks out from the MDS and uh obviously I went and did a he kind of brought his I felt like a right pussy because he was running with his he was running with all the weight on his it's, back it. and yeah. there was me just like with my little gel and my my my, my little <laughs> free chain yeah that was it and he was like carrying this you know carrying his mattress and yeah. his uh and everything and oh. I was like oh god I felt like I've got this too easy got bobbing yeah. along next to him chatting away like a chirpy little budgie yeah it's probably like shut the fuck up. yeah it's um, <laughs> Yeah. He? Like, but he was obviously there before and he was in the preparation and we were speaking about that so obviously you uh, got the opportunity to share a tent with him which is uh pretty quite powerful because obviously you didn't know each other before that oh, and yeah. obviously I, it wasn't because of me but as like i was like a mutual between the two of you yeah, and now yeah. you've become like uh connected yeah, totally. on a whole new level uh which is amazing but mate let's just go let's just go through like three key lessons moments or like things that stand out to you the most because i know that we could probably be here for another three hours talking about this stuff and i know that we've got bicep curls that we need to go and do (laughs) um and we need to go and train so mate what were the three key lessons or like three things that really stand out for you from that experience actually first and foremost explain what the mds is um mds marathon
1: de sabla so they say it's the toughest foot race in the world so it's six marathons six days across the sahara desert um one of the days is actually an ultra it's 90 k's so what's that like 50 or 55 miles self-sufficient um so you're carrying all your own foods which is disgusting because it's all dry dehydrated stuff that's at best lukewarm uh carry all your own water and it's hell on earth because it's 50 odd degrees every day and i've certainly never want to run a 50 odd degrees ever again <laughs> But an amazing experience, like it's, yeah, it's just the, it's, it's, it's just one of the, one of the best things you ever have done. Like it's just so, if, if I think like three lessons, I would say number one above all is the that Goggins saying of when you think you're at your absolute limit, you're actually only at 40%. Your potential, that was never truer in that in those in that whole week. Like it was, I thought I, I went into that in great shape training. I've never had a training block that went so well as as that did. As tiring and as exhausting as it was, there was no injuries, there was no niggles. It was just great. So I was thinking, like I wasn't trying to win it, right? Like I'm not this past the white scotchman yeah (laughs) but i was thinking like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i never doubted that i would finish it until i got there and until it got hot and i was like like we'd been in the heat chamber mark and i he was in the one in manchester and we were speaking like that's probably we were speaking most days and i was like mate they won't even put the, the they put the chamber to 40 and they let it go up to 45 degrees once for 12 minutes I think and then they said it's totally unsafe we can't nobody can sign all that off and it was 54 degrees out there like I was like like that's like the difference between running and like 15 degrees which probably is today versus 25 which is what it is on you know the south coast of Spain so that was the big lesson for me just thinking that I was there was so many times I thought I was just completely done I was like there's just no way I can possibly keep going, and then just found another another gear. And it would never be like one gear. It would be like three, four, five gears, like three, four, five second wins. And it was like, holy shit. Like, that was just, and it just gave me this, like, complete, unstoppable kind of mindset since I've come back, like... I can't imagine anything being as hard as that so it's now just kind of like fuck it done yeah. um second lesson would be the probably the like the power of the people that you have around you like, i was really lucky in fact most people say that they meet great people i think it encourages good people and they're obviously all of a similar kind of mindset and but we had six guys and you're in these like bivouacs which are the tents right but they're basically like four sticks literally like sticks snapped off a tree and then they put a black blanket over the top to keep you out of the shade more than anything and uh you sleep with the same six people um every night and so i was in with mark rhodes uh, a few other guys they were all ex-military people so i think that helped and i've got a bit of that in my experience when i was younger so there's that and i love that military one i love the military kind of mantras and things but nobody does teamwork as well as the military right like that brotherhood you know that's what the whole thing's based on so i just loved being in that environment where i was just excellent like everybody was just like some days you'd run with each other for a bit some days you wouldn't but you it was just an amazing feeling having people that you knew had your back and to get that bond so quickly. Cause you know, Mark and I had spoken a wee bit before, like quite a lot to be fair on the phone, but we'd never actually met until we went there. The rest of the guys I didn't know until I literally turned <coughs> up and was like, let's sleep together for a week boys. So you know, so the power of who you've got around you and and the, the effect that they have on you, you know, we all know that, but until you put yourself in that environment where it is, everybody trying to do these extreme things it's it's an amazing thing um and then like what would be my third one just uh, it's probably even back to that first one right i can't explain how like i blacked out three times i thought i was dead i watched one of the guys almost almost die he got airlifted off the course another person cardiac arrests like I thought I was finished and you just weren't Mm -hmm. there's just
0: always more levels what was the thing that kept you going what was the most powerful thing what was the moment
1: like my kids were were a lot of it like because there's this real there's this real fine line with it where you have to be A lot of people had said to me, why are you doing that? You've got a wife and kids. That's really dangerous. And I knew some people, like like my best mate actually said to me at one point, he's like, look, I I just don't agree with this. I just don't think it's cool. And I was like, fuck, really? Like, and he's pretty chilled out and laid back. He's like, I just, I don't know why you're risking this. And I was like, I'm not going to die. Like that hadn't crossed my mind. And then you start to read a bit more and you're like, oh, shit, people do die on this. Oh, fuck. And then, you know, the first night it's cardiac arrest and you're like, fucking, he's a really experienced ultra guy. He's the same age as me. And you're like, oh my God, what is, what is this? But I think I just, yeah, like my kids were just such a massive motivation to A, stay alive in the moments that I was like, shit, I don't know if I'm going to hear," Cause what happens is you basically, your body gets so hot. Um, mm-hmm. That it starts to switch off parts of it to to keep cool, and so what happened in the first day is i would run my body would get over t- when you go over two degrees of your core body temperature, that's when it starts to shut stuff off so my brain would first of all shut my my sight off so my peripheral vision would like start to go all fuzzy and start to close, and then it felt like my body it was it felt like somebody would like lift my head off my neck and fill my body with a bucket of cold water, so I'd literally see like goosebumps and I'm like. It's 50 odd degrees, it's not cold. But that was like, say, 15, 30 seconds. And then bang, I just woke up, like, face down in the sand. Like, what the, what the fuck was that? Like, and then it happened three times on the first day. And you get back and you're like, my wife Emma had said to me before we went, she went, Do amazing, I love you to bits. Know when enough is enough. Don't push through any silly limit. And I was like, maybe that was the limit. Fuck. And again, like we were talking about earlier on Everest, like your decision making goes, this fucked. So I was like, am I making good decisions here? What's like, have I gone too far? Am I one more blackout? And it's really like, I had to write it down. I had to write down how much my I will, I remember writing questions down, like, how much am I willing to pay to complete this? Am I willing to to pay with my life? And that was like quite a sobering question of, no, no, I'm definitely not willing to do that. I was like, right, so how, how am I not gonna do that? And it was actually Mark, right? Mark was the only person who didn't have that problem on the first day in our tent, but he was also probably one of the last guys in. And I was like, I'm just staying with you tomorrow whatever you did worked you're alive the rest of us were on some weird like could go any either way and that's marked a t right you just got everything squared away yeah. you know exactly <laughs> what's going on uh so I, we stayed together for for most days actually after that and that kind of forced me to take a sort of step back a little bit and realize what the pace could be because it's not the pace that's like at home um yeah Fuck, it's mad. Even saying all that stuff, I'm like, what were you thinking, Scott? Like, But it's, yeah, it's an incredible thing to do. I didn't recommend it to anybody when I came home, because I was like, it's too dangerous. I feel, I'd feel bad saying to a friend, yeah, go and do it, it's amazing. Because it still felt so raw, and like, I don't think it was set up that safe. There's a lot of angry people on the course. Like, a lot of people have done it lots of times and said, it's got, it's too, there's... It was too hot. There wasn't enough water because it was a heat wave. It's not normally that hot. It's the hottest they've ever had. And then they also made it harder because they sold, the franchise got sold to a different company. So they were like, oh, we need to make this harder because we want to verify that it's definitely the hardest race in the world. But in fairness to them, they didn't expect a heat wave. Um, And you can't go changing stuff like, you know, two days before it's about to start. So um, at first I was like,
0: I can't tell anybody to do it. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, (laughs) fuck it. And now you're going to to the jungle just to to experience the same but different. Same but different, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, but do
1: hard shit. Like, it's just a fact. Do hard shit and the rest of your life will be much easier. And I did something that was really hard. And right now my life feels a lot easier. I don't have any... Because I feel so great. Because I'm like, fuck, all those... I could do anything. Like, this is how exciting is that? If I could do this, I can literally do anything. Like, we were having conversations about world record attempts and stuff. We were like, now that we've done this, like, she just feels so unstoppable. And like, I'm like, this is kind of, I need all of this in my life. I'm like, I need to do something insanely hard in other parts of my life. I like to think I do do hard things, but I'm like, maybe I need to just do something like, know set a ridiculous business goal something like right I'm gonna create fifty million or something right instead of fanning about with smaller numbers like just go with fifty and if you end up at twenty who cares right there's there's a bit but like we were saying right it's a bit more grey and opaque in business it's less black and white but there's definitely a thing that's then put yourself in the environment right you've got to put yourself in the environment with people that are gonna mm-hmm. that are like you that are gonna that are gonna cheer you on. That are gonna that you're gonna be able to help too, right? Because that was a massive thing. It's not just like they weren't just there for me. It was also me being there for them, and that's as a good a feeling as you know. Most people listen to us are probably coaches, so it's like that's the feeling we're all chasing, right? It's helping people and having an impact on people. So that's an amazing thing to get out there as well. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, do hard shit. It's about making the abnormal behavior feel like normal behavior in the environment you're in totally that is that is it
1: like because that's now like the standard now for me is just like are we up there like i wouldn't yeah like a few people are like oh would you do another iron man or something like well might do one on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, like, and it sounds ridiculous, and it sounds like they're cocky or whatever else, but it's not. It's just that, like, when you raise this bar that much, you you can't put it back down. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. So now it's just like I said. This thing where and Mark always goes on. He's like, I love this scene. He's like, I, I said, I realize now that the absolute minimum that I'm capable of is the hardest thing that anybody's ever put together. Yeah. And like, I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, I man, I love that. I think yeah. the really interesting thing that you also have is like, it's almost like your relationship then. It's like, how that almost skews your relationship with rest and recovery and your relationship with, because again, it's like, like right now, it's like, the, the was a conversation with Aaron, it's like the amount that I'm currently outputting in terms of business and work is, probably the most that i've now ever done at a level and it's like that's a great thing but then also that becomes your new norm if you're not careful yeah yeah which has pros but also a lot of cons yeah yeah and then it's like then it's about managing expectations and then not consistently comparing yourself to well when i was doing the mds i was training yeah. 30 hours a week and when i was doing this then it and it's then just trying to understand this it's about trying to understand, like you say, it was almost like the throttle of like yes. the push and the pull of the seasons and the cycles of life that you're now currently in. And is this a season of my life that I'm putting the throttle down and am I expanding my capacity and expanding and going into that yeah. realm that I now know that I've got? Or is this now a season that I need to develop and learn and improve my relationship with rest and recovery and these other aspects of my life? And it's just they're not... Consistently comparing where you are right now to the work that you've done before in order for you to also then feel like you're doing enough because actually you're just now measuring progress in a different way and in a different form in comparison to. And I think that's it. It's just having that. But you almost have to find the edge to realize and appreciate that I need to be able to now know what is the maximum, what is the minimum, and then where do I push, where do I pull because... I think that's a big challenge is like you say, when you get into that mentality of it's like, this is what I now know I'm capable of and this is what is almost my norm for me. It's like having the awareness to also understand that now that doesn't need to be the consistent every single day and being okay with spending some time being, which is arguably, I'll speak for myself, more challenging than doing the stuff because It feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And it does feel different. But actually, that's the uh, uh, personal development for yourself that you almost need to do. Yeah. So you need to do hardship, but that doesn't also mean like going and physically channel or like business. Doing hardship for you is also going, right, okay, Scott, for the next three months, mate. (laughs) We're actually not going to do any yeah. physical, like challenging, hard shit. You're actually now going to do hard shit, which involves you doing less yes, and yeah. being okay with doing less and actually being able to feel good with doing less. And yeah, now yeah. looking at the other, do you know I mean, that that is also hard shit, but just it's wrapped in a different, like, pa- uh, yeah, the rapper. And it's about understanding that as well that it comes in many forms and in many different ways, not just the, the, like you say the physical that needs to happen i believe i'm a massive believer in that but also the thing that i'm learning about myself as well is that the hard is also just being and being okay with not pushing yourself to the extremity or feeling as though that you need to be getting after it all the time because that feels uncomfortable and if it feels uncomfortable there's clearly a challenge and there's a problem there that you need to explore and actually become more okay with yeah because I think there's learnings in there as well, which this is something that I'm 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 ex- I'm I'm exploring myself. I know exactly what you mean.
1: It's, do you know what? Right. I mean that's almost like this is the thirties thing, right? Where I think this there's this change that happens in people there, and for me, what I'm now getting to that point where I'm quite comfortable, like I know what throttle I'm on right now, right? But. What I struggled with in my 30s was, I felt like I had to take all, put, take all the throttles off. So the throttle was fully on on MDS for like six months as we built up to that. And I knew that, and, and the family one had to stay up because the MDS was so long. I was like, right, okay, we're fucking burning like a lot of fuel here. But what I previously would have done is that, right, I finished it yeah. and taken the gas off everything. Right, because it's like be and and learn to be still, and I that just doesn't work for me because I become quite uninspired. But what you can do is do less, but still be you can still dream of the big stuff. You can still keep thinking about all the amazing things that you're gonna be doing and how you're gonna get there. And that's the part that I that keeps me going like i've come out of the cycle i'm probably like post about three months now off the race i'd say for two months i was doing the the throttles are right back on most things and but i was very careful this time to not switch off the big ideas the big dreams the big goals all that thing because when i switch that off as well that's when i go dark like then I'm a bit like, this just doesn't feel right. And yeah, that that's probably been like a real thing that I've noticed over this last few years is what's helped me. Yes, you, you don't, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for that, right? But it's like, you can still dream of the the dream body in the gym, right? You can still dream of the pecs and the six pack and the guns and whatever else. It doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be going to the gym every single day to do the reps right you can go down three times a week and still have that dream even if your actions aren't necessarily correlating with the dream never let go of the dream because that's where you yeah that's where i certainly then go to a place that's not good
0: yeah yeah okay yeah yeah Let's 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 wrap this up because this has been to date the longest podcast. Can we? <laughs> is that a congratulations to the longest podcast so far? Okay. We could probably we'll like go. That. We could probably go for another two hours, mate. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. we probably should as well. Yeah. Uh, but what is the big dream that Scott now has moving forwards that he now visualizes and sees the most? That takes up the majority of your thoughts when in that line of thinking? Um, <laughs> there's always
1: a discomfort with telling, saying it out loud, because so many people laugh. So I have a few different ones that keep me going. The first one is filling stadiums. Mm-hmm. So I have this idea about events that I want to do, and I this girl that I once worked with was like, oh, you'd be amazing at that. Like, she was saying to me, you should do it. Like, would you do this? And I says, yeah, do that's exactly how I'd do it. And she said to me, one day I'm going to come and work for you when you're filling stadiums. And I was like, fucking hell, that is a line. (laughs) So I've got that on my wall. I'm like, that's the thought of like that. Excites me like massively, just impacting like thousands of people in the moment, and and changing them in in that moment as well, right? Like like for me, that was like Tony Robbins, like it was like I came out of that event completely different as to how I went in, and in a lot of ways, like permanently, not just um, yeah, not just like a high. It was like right, life has been altered. We're now moving here. So that's a big thing. And then there's other stuff that's more like like space. I'm obsessed with space. Yeah. I had an amazing conversation with one of my old coaches who is um, building a space, building the world's first space hotel, 208 bedrooms, and he's going to create the world's first 24-hour space event. And... Raise eight billion he's a philanthropist guy the world's <coughs> biggest philanthropotic fundraising ever and i'm like i've just always been obsessed with space as a kid so that's like one of my milestones with the business is like when i get to this that's when i buy the ticket to space and then i go to space and that excites me massively um yeah they are probably that's that's the two that like light me up every time There's other things it's like, oh, you know, like we'll get that house and we'll like, and when I've got this freedom to be like two days a week kind of work thing. And there's, there's, But I think the really good thing right now is I feel like I don't have many like um, materialistic goals for the last number of years. I've been chasing feelings for goals, like confidence, you know, 50%, 60% of the time, 70% of the time, like um, peacefulness, like happiness, kind of I've really chased hard on them and I feel like I've really got to that place where I'm like, yeah, I've got that really squared away. Like mentally, I kind of feel like in the prime time or prime years of, of my life. So it's exciting to think of. In some ways almost to go back a little bit with, right, I've got that stuff, now I can go and do some weird shit, like an event in space and, you know, I want to do my my pilot's license thing again and get that so we can start going to some weird and wonderful places and, yeah there's a few things kicking
0: about in my head. Mate, it sounds like (laughs) it's a party in there, mate. It sounds like there's a party in there. There's a space party going on. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. Mr. Scott McDonald, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have so much love and appreciation for you, my good sir, and uh, I'm excited for what's to come. Thank you so much for joining us on the High Performance Coach Podcast. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Awesome.